0: Hello and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined in the studio by Don Brock to talk all things NRL Fantasy. Um, just so you know, it's a, it's a short week this week with Anzac Day, so the round kicks off on Wednesday, so a slightly different structure. We're going early because um, because of the early round, so we don't have the team list yet, but uh, the the Anzac Day teams will be out on Monday afternoon, the rest of the teams will be out as per normal on the Tuesday afternoon. Um, we're going to whip through uh, what was a really big round seven, take a look at some of the, the injuries, some of the the key decisions facing NRL Fantasy coaches heading into round eight and uh, like I said, to join, jo- join me talking all things NRL Fantasy is Dom Brock. Dom, how'd you go round seven? <laughs> yeah, alright, pretty hectic week all round, a lot of injuries, I had a few
1: of them, I dodged other ones, and then a hectic week coming up this week with um, early lockout on Wednesday afternoon for the first game of the round uh, on Anzac Day. So, yeah, just rushing those
0: trades in and out in the next couple of days. Yeah, I'm not really looking like slowing down on the trade rage anytime soon. Unfortunately, we're getting to the point where few of those cash cows are, are ready to be cashed out, and like you said, a few injuries as well. So plenty of headaches um, to deal with. We'll start by just whipping through what happened uh, in round. Seven, so the Dragons and the Roosters' teams first. Um, Dragons, their their first loss of the season happened against the Warriors over in NZ. Um, ben Hunt, a massive score and a losing team. Um, a few other solid scores there. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a funny one where the Dragons have
1: been killing it in NRL this year and their fantasy scores have been okay. And Then they have a loss and their fantasy scores are really good. For um, Ben mm-hmm. Hunt gets 90, Dr. Bellen, 72. Cameron McGuinness, high 60s as well. Um, yeah, so usually it's par for the course. They all get around 40 or 50, but this week, a few big ones. Ewan um, Aitken's probably the interesting one. It's his uh, first good score without a try, really. I mean, 47, he keeps scoring in the 40s pretty much every yeah. round, but um, yeah, so he's looking more and more solid as you know the safe option at center. Probably the only one in the whole club yeah. right now. So, um, so he's a good buy, otherwise. I wouldn't get too carried away with a
0: one-off big score for someone like Ben Hunt, but, um, yeah, good Mm. science. The the rooster's probably the real talking point here is Ryan Madison, who I think we were discussing recently, was getting some good scores, but they are on the back of uh, scoring one or two tries. Hadn't really got a a big score without a try. Well, 65 tackles in that tackle fest against the Dogs, and he's done it now. Changes that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was a a weird kind of game, really low-scoring game, but usually that's good news for... Forwards in fantasy when there's tackles on offer. Six um, 0 was the final score in that game, and Madison did heaps of the tackling. So, seventy points with no huge attacking stats is a great sign. So, yeah, I think I think we can finally say Madison's a keeper, and mm. we've all waited too long. If we haven't got him already, that he's pretty expensive now anyway. So, um, I wish I bought him in the halves three weeks ago. But yeah, um, one guy who used to be a keeper and might still be uh, at some point this year is Jake Friend, who's had a run of. Uh, Low scores, had a a head knock uh, last week, so yeah, he'll be good value in the next few weeks if you want to pick up a sneaky, you know, fallen, Mm. fallen keeper. Um, and yeah, James Tedesco, again, good score, didn't really do much
0: in attack, no tries, no tries. obviously, but still yeah. got 57 points, so yeah, he's the safe option at the back. And Latrell Mitchell was on track to score 100 about 15, 20 minutes into yeah. the game, and then and got, got sinned and hardly scored a point for the, the rest of the 80 minutes, but still probably one of the more consistent centre options. Yeah. he and Aiken, like we said last week, are the are the best two right now. Second game on Anzac Day is the Storm up against the Warriors. Uh, Storm with a few injury concerns. Jesse Bromwich out for a couple of weeks with a a knee strain um, was starting to come good from a a fantasy perspective. Um, Cameron Smith looking a little bit more reliable than he was earlier in the season. Uh, Not much else really doing at the Storm? Yeah, a couple of good scores from Smith, so he looks as safe as always. He's still
1: being outscored by Damien Cook in that um, hooker position, but otherwise seems
0: fine. Um, Yeah, I think Bromwich is a is a sell if you, if you haven't sold them already have to be by now. Um, the Warriors who have had heaps mm. of fantasy value on offer this year uh, Sean Johnson, uh, not only an out but a late out which uh, makes it even harder to cover um, not yet sure if he's going to be back from that groin strain this week, you'd have to think the short turnaround won't help him um, Tahu Harris who heaps of us have I know I have him, um, knocked out early Only scored the 8 points which is a massive blow um, and confirmation already today from the Warriors that he won't play um, the the five day concussion protocols and the, the short turnaround are going to count against him so he misses out again Simon um, Mannering potentially a, a cut price keeper in the next couple of weeks if he goes, is going to keep that starting spot.
1: Yeah, two big blows there with Harris and Johnson uh, both out on, well, Harris had a low score on the weekend Johnson didn't play at all. Uh, this week fingers crossed for those who have Johnson that he comes back, Harris won't be um, yeah, so tricky times there for fantasy coaches uh, Mannering as you said He's back, he started, played 80 minutes, made 45 tackles. So, you know, usual kind of stuff for uh, Mannering. not a massive score. So I think he got in the high 40s. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on in the next few weeks. How no. good are they going, by the way, with Mason Lino, even That
0: with- was, I was saying to, to someone today, that's as good a club performance as I can remember from yeah. the Warriors basically ever and yeah. I, you know i watched i was on the warriors train through 2002 and they made the grand final and you know stacy jones and Ali allow mm-hmm. were there but that just the the duress they were under and you know the defense they had to do and how little ball they had the and and how good the dragons are going it was yeah. just a, a mind-blowing good performance
1: they look seriously good i mean it's early days mm. but and uh, you never really want to call the warriors the real deal this yeah uh, soon into a comp but Yeah, looking
0: fantastic. We have five straight wins and they were pretty ordinary in their their first loss of the year, but they bounced straight back, so you'd have to say they're going to make the finals from here and the question only really is how far can they go. Um, Bunnies up against the Broncos, uh, ANZ, on Thursday night. Rabideaus, they were really, really strong against Canberra. The yep. Burgesses were all really powerful. Sam Burgess was absolutely on a mission. I think 200-odd metres, tackle busts, offloads, line break, um, best player on the field. And suspended again. So if you are uh, if you are holding Sam Burgess, it may be this point where you start to lose patience with this. Yeah. Uh, really frustrating for Fantasy
1: and for Rabideaus fans, I assume, as well. Um, yeah, he was great. Uh, you know, he. In, I think he scored, what, 60-something fantasy points as well. He's yep. had, had a big game. Um, now available in the front row as well. Um, so he's a good fantasy buy as soon as he stops getting suspended, and this will be four mm. games in five weeks that he'll have missed through suspension. So a massive blow there. Um, Cameron Murray missed that game
0: and should be back this week, we think. Yeah, we think he was pretty close last week. He was sort of taking part in field sessions and was was touch and go. So you have to think he's back this week, which is probably particularly timely for people carrying someone like Torhu Harris. But anyone who's, who's jumped on him in the last few weeks before he got injured will be absolutely stinging to get him back. Yep. Um, Damien Cook, like you mentioned, was good again. Remains a captaincy option week to week. Um, The Broncos, probably the big news there is the injury to Andrew McCulloch, uh, who's out for four to six, making him a sell, which is a shame. He'd been quite consistent up until that point. Um, we're not quite sure what they're going to mm. look like with him out, so one of the options is to start with a, a Josh Maguire or a Sam Thayde at yep. hooker and then run with Cody Nikorima for the rest of the game and keep Milford and Jack Bird in the halves. It sounds probably most likely that's what they'll do. They do have some young playmakers like Troy Dargan and Todd Murphy up there, but I don't think that's the way they're going to go. Um, potential silver lining there um, is possibly more minutes for guys like Tevita Pangai, who's somehow been lumped with only 30-35 minutes mm-hmm. a game since he came back from injury, so that might be a little bit of an upside for fantasy coaches there. Yeah, I mean, and it
1: theoretically cements Jack Bird in the harvest, at least for another mm. few weeks, or, you know, month and a half, if not long term. The only issue is Bird didn't score any fantasy points on the weekend, yeah. he got five, and uh, he had 40, maybe 44 the week before, and looked like a solid option, um, mostly because he's available in the centres in fantasy, but, yeah, if he's going to score a single digits, mm. you don't want him either. So... Yeah, it's it's really a bit of a they're kind of a trade out team right now. The Broncos, Um, Pango Junior's just about peaked. Matt Lodge has peaked. He scored in the teens. Mm. Um, Jermaine Azaro is close to peaking as well. Got twenty
0: five, I think, on the weekend. He got the the bump last week with the fifty score, but yeah. um, Yes. tapering off again. Yeah, so in the next couple of weeks, those guys probably all have to yep. get traded out of your team. Matt Lodge, uh, probably an urgent sell. I'm still of the belief that uh guy, if he can go back to getting some you know, 40, 50-minute games and he can average in the 40s, and that'll give him another 50 to 100 grand kick along if that happens. Yep. Um, Jaden Sewer, who I know I bought last week, I think you might have as well, knowing that he potentially wasn't going yeah, <laughs> to... Yeah, do, do what he did the be week before. I think he's a bit like a James Maloney in that
1: He'll usually score probably around 20, you know, 20s or 30s, and he's obviously got the capacity to score big. Mm. He has one score of 60. Hopefully, he scores more than that for those who have picked him up. Like more scores, more big scores in the next few weeks. Hopefully, it wasn't a one-off. But um, you have to kind of just wait and see. At least his job security. Like, whereas Maloney um, at the Panthers will be the main man until Cleary's back, and mm. whenever that happens, another few weeks. Although he's still out for. A few more weeks. Um, yeah. Matt Gillett's out for a while, so theoretically the, the minutes we thought Jane Sewell was going to get will be there for a while, but yeah, he just needs to make the most of them.
0: Fingers crossed. Um, let's move ahead to the Seagulls up against the Knights, mainly in all sorts of dramas at the yeah. moment. They're struggling to even name 21 fit players. They've lost um, Brad Parker from the wing. They already had um, Matt Wright in the uh, in the interchange, so he's probably going to come into the starting side. Um, for Brad Parker, uh, well, they all they score bad. Tom Turbo, happy Coruscant, yeah. Cherry Evans, I think, had four penalties and a couple of errors. It, it's just dramas for me. At the yeah, moment. not a great week for
1: Cherry Evans and the rest of the Seagulls on and off the field, but, um, yeah, so you have to expect that those guys are going to bounce back this week um, up against the Knights, who are in good form, but, you know, are beatable as well, so... Yeah, Cherry Evans has been. I mean, he would have been some people's
0: captains. Yeah, as recently as a week ago. Well, I mean, yeah. bearing in mind though, played Para who've been diabolical yeah. prior to that game. So people thinking Tommy Turbo or, or Cherry yeah. Evans are going to absolutely light up against the Eels yeah. the way they're yeah. going, but it, it didn't turn out to be that well, way. Not at
1: all. DCA couldn't even make twenty. So yeah, he'll improve. They'll all improve. You'd expect. Um, yeah, it's one of those games. I think you try to kind of ignore if you're. Yeah. Own I mean, those guys in fantasy. People talking about trading out Jag Turbo and that's. Crazy, I think, off one mm. bad score. So.
0: Well, Jake and, and Appy are two guys who can actually score quite well when the team isn't going well yeah. just by making you know, 50 tackles with not too many misses. Appy, I think, was 11 missed tackles in that game, so a bit out of character for yeah. him. I
1: mean, he does get a few missed tackles, but he's usually so busy it doesn't really yeah. matter so much. But um,
0: yeah, not on this occasion. Um, over to the Knights and uh, a tremendous win up there in Tamworth, uh, stole at the death. Um, possible New South Wales halfback Jamie Bureau with a nice touch <laughs> at the end. Um, yeah, really good performance. But obviously the um, the negative there is the injury to Mitchell Pearce, who's out for three to four months with a uh, a pec tear.
1: Yeah, so he said on radio this morning he's hoped there's a Monday morning. He's hopeful of being back in ten weeks, um, which but is yeah, about right for a pec. Yeah, so the initial prognosis was sixteen. Um, other players, uh, Boyd Cordner, good mate of Pearce's, came back in ten weeks. So. Yeah, either way, uh, big blow for the Knights. Um, Yeah, again, we're not entirely sure how they're gonna line up this week. Connor Watson, uh, I believe, is fit, so the simple option is him coming Mm. back in uh, 5 and Jack Cogger playing half-back. They've also got Brock Lamb who could come back, so um, either way, none of those options are great for fantasy at this Mm. point.
0: Well, it I depends. Mean, it depends. If it's Watson and Cogger, maybe Cogger's an option. I don't know. Someone's going to have to take those four to five hundred kick meters yeah. that, that Piers has been getting. Um, Brock Watson Lamb doesn't really kick. Lamb no, does. exactly. So Cogger or Lamb is going to go turn into the the dominant kicker. Um, Brock Lamb's dropped an absolute stack of cash this year, um, partly through playing off the bench in a couple of quiet games, starting yeah. alongside Pierce. Now, if he does end up back in the starting team, there's also an outside chance he could end up with goal-kicking, because I think Callum Pong had a bit of a nightmare yeah, off sure. the tee. one from five or something. Um, so, I mean, probably the dream scenario there for fantasy coaches is Brock Lamb comes back into the starting team, takes all Pierce's kick-meters and Pong goal-kicking and rediscovers yeah. his confidence and goes to a 40-point player. If he didn't
1: get dropped last week,
0: he'd look yeah. like a
1: very good buy this week, but the fact that his job security is obviously pretty shaky considering mm. he wasn't rated a, a starter a week ago or at, you know top 17 or top 21 player yeah. so um yeah we'll wait and see how they line up this week and
0: then maybe yeah it's one tip for next mm. week to see how they um are they shaping up yeah i certainly will be buying any this week but yeah like you say wait and see and if someone looks like they're going to step up then they could be a buy for a week or two down the track um what else we got the panthers up against the bulldogs at panther stadium on uh, on friday night um Penrith Filiami Kikau was probably on track for a not-incredible score until he got a great try near the end, and that boosted him up. Um, James Fisher-Harris has gone a little bit quiet after some great performances at lock. Um, James Maloney hasn't looked like reproducing his 85, but he's still making some solid cash. Yeah, definitely. So as long as he keeps getting the occasional 40 or 50 Maloney, he'll keep making money.
1: Um, So, so far, so good for those who have him. Um, Yeah, Fisher-Harris, a couple of scores around 40, so... You know, the dream of him becoming a 50, 55-point player uh, looks like it's not going to happen at this point, but he's still making decent money. Uh, kickout has been amazing, the cash cow of the season, um, and, you know, scores in the 60s once in a while. Yep. He's good enough to be a, a start on your team. So, yeah, I mean, mixed, you know, bad result for him, but otherwise, yeah. um, you know so
0: far so good fantasy wise and they play the Bulldogs uh, Raymond Faitala Mariner who was on track to be one of the uh, the cash cows of the season currently on track to be a a possible keeper in the back row playing 80 minutes he got (laughs) another 59 um, a lot of tackles involved in that one um, Jeremy Marshall King, who I know I took a pun on a few weeks ago and a few other people did, he promptly got a single-figure score, has actually been good since then, and his season high of, of 57. Um, I think no demerits at all, no missed tackles, yeah. no errors, no penalties, which is uh, very handy to go with a few tackle busts and, and offloads and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a really good score for a, a running
1: 5'8", who's, yeah. who's a rookie. Normally, you know, you want the big base stats for a half in fantasy, but, um, yeah, his, his defence is pretty good, and he's mm. getting tackle breaks. and um, Yeah
0: and that's good no tries he was pretty close to to scoring once or twice as well so his his ceiling's probably even higher than that Um, probably a bit late to buy him obviously but uh, yeah if you've got him then he and and Raymond are definitely two to, to hang on to for now uh, quick reminder that uh, NRL Fantasy is sponsored by UE. UE customers have saved over $1 million with UE rewards on offers like $30 off Ticketek Tech vouchers. Visit ue.com.au/slash rewards for more details. The Titans take on the Sharks on Saturday at Seabus Super Stadium. Um, Titans, though, yeah, pretty disappointing, I think, in the, the first half, especially against the Cowboys, capable of, of much better things. Uh, still some pretty positive fantasy news out of the Gold Coast. Uh, Mitch Rain did. I was hoping for fifty when I, I yeah. took the pun on him. He got sixty-seven with a late uh, line break assist, try assist to Ash Taylor to go with what was it fifty-four tackles or something ridiculous? Yeah,
1: awesome. Eighty minutes, as expected. Yeah, you and I were a bit a split, a bit split on Mitrain last week. You bought him, uh, I didn't, uh, and now I think we're a bit split this week as well mm. about whether he's still an option. Um, you know, he was a gamble last week, and all the talk was about when uh, Nathan Pete was going to come back and get the starting hooker role back. Um, you know, the official word was four to six weeks. The Titans were hoping for sooner than that, so it could be three weeks. So that's still the case. He could be back in two weeks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the the X factor we hadn't really considered was what if Rain posts a massive score in his first game, which he has done. So uh, he's got 50 grand in the price boost already. He'll get that again next week, even if he scores probably in the 30s or something, around yeah. 40. Um, so he could make really fast money in the next three weeks. You know, best-case scenario, well... One case scenario is that he keeps playing for another five weeks until Pete's comes back. Um, You actually said that you're hopeful, well, not hopeful, you half expect Reigns a chance of um, keeping the starting hooker spot when
0: Pete's comes back. Yeah, I don't expect that he will, but my... I think what I said was if he plays well enough, it's, there's a chance that he does hang on to the, the starting spot and Pete's comes back via the bench, which leaves rain still with sort of 50, 60 minutes um, for a few weeks at least after Pete's come back, which comes back, which would be the, the dream result. Um, I guess worst case scenario from here for anyone who's already bought him or thinking about buying him is that Pete's comes back in, in two weeks and he's yep. only got two more decent price rises and then he's back to playing twenty minutes off the bench. Um break even of minus one this week. So like you said, definitely guaranteed some fast cash this week and probably the week after, but after that it's it's all a bit up in the air. Yep. Um Jay Arrow's still doing good things. Jay I don't Arrow's know if this great. Um, yeah. Jared
1: Wallace had a good score as well on the weekend, but yep. yeah, I mean Arrows up there. You know around the captaincy options he's had a few quieter games but everyone does apart from mm. well apart from damien cook it seems uh, these days So yeah he's an option another score in the 60s
0: yeah otherwise no big news there for sure uh, the sharks um their injury onslaught wasn't quite as bad as we we first thought for feeder actually played and, and put up a huge score um luke lewis played and then got a different injury and went off early which was a bit of a blow for them Um, they're looking at getting Wade Graham and Jason Bakuya back potentially as soon as this week and then uh, Paul Gallen a few weeks after that um, which all casts a bit of a uh, a question mark over Scott Sorensen who exploded with uh, was it 70 odd? Yeah um, uh,
1: 69 I think or 70 mm -hmm. yeah on the face of it he was the the cash cow of the week kind of came from nowhere I think it was a late inclusion in the starting side then he ended up playing 80 minutes after Lewis went off. Um, got a try, had a great score. People are looking at him this week, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, the injury question marks are everywhere. So um, Wade Graham comes back and effectively replaces Sorensen, except Sorensen will probably stick around at least this week if Luke Lewis is out. We don't know that yet. Yeah. Again, another problem with recording this on a Monday. But um, yeah, but Lewis isn't expected to be out long term. So mm-hmm. and with Bakuya coming back as well, Um, There's every chance he goes back to the bench either this week or next week. So despite the great score and his great um, starting price, he's probably uh, one to avoid this week. Yeah, I would even
0: say this week Luke Lewis, Wade Graham and Bakuya all don't play and Scott Sorensen's sort of guaranteed starting in 80 minutes. I still think he'd be a massively risky buy, just given that probably all those guys are back the week after and it's it's too short-term to be trading someone in and out. Like we thought last week, rain could be a risk.
1: because Pete would be back in, you know, mm. as as soon as three weeks, maybe more. Uh, in this case, you know, it could be one week, it could be two weeks. So yeah, as good as Sorensen looks, um, there's there's some big question marks about his job security. I mm. think there'll be questions about him later on
0: in the podcast. And that obviously that runaway try he scored as well, inflated yeah, bit his of a score, off. So he's yeah. probably looking more like forties, even if he does play eighty minutes. Um, next game of the round is the Cowboys up against the Raiders at one three hundred smiles on on Saturday night. Um, another pack injury, uh, like Pierce John Asiata's is out for ten or so weeks. Bit of a blow for them when they did get Sean Fenson back um, in the Intrust Super Cup uh, last weekend. So he's potentially a chance of returning to the uh, the top grade. Um, Tamalolo. Was not on track for a huge score, and then he blasted through for a try um, yeah. near the end, which got him up to about sixty. But still not quite the Tomalolo of old, I don't think. Uh, Cohen Hess still doing pretty good things uh, for those that own him. Yeah, Hess is
1: outscoring Tomalolo this year, which yeah, kind of shows where one where Tomalolo's dropped to. He hasn't he hasn't been bad, but he's mm. nothing like what he was last year. Um, Cohen Hess playing eighty minutes, got another try, um, another good score. I think he got seventy. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys are one of those teams that we pretty much know what we're getting for the most part. Tom is the big question mark. Uh, Thurston got, I think, 30-odd, but again, it's not a keeper, so one to sell if you've still got him.
0: Yeah, Thurston's... Uh, I mean, not a desperate sell, but, mm. you know, one to mm-hmm. upgrade. Potentially finding a tiny bit of form, but yeah, I think probably a sell more than anything. They sack on the Raiders, who were pretty disappointing against the Rabbitohs last week. Um, they will have Elliot Whitehead, who's avoided suspension for his hit on Tom Burgess. Um, Silva Havili had a good few weeks. That looks to have tapered off, and he's getting close to a sell.
1: Yeah, I think so. His minutes had been high for the last few weeks, and it dropped down to 40 minutes again uh, on the weekend, which is what he was playing at the start of the year. So, yeah, he's made a lot of money, but uh, I think his time as a cash cow is just about up. So, one to sell,
0: if not... This week, then next, yeah, he's made it. He's made a stack of cash, so it's definitely a successful cash cow. If you uh, if you did have him, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we move on to the <coughs> eels up against the tigers. They played uh, Easter weekend not so long ago. Um, eels get a chance for revenge like they uh, they did with Manly on the weekend. Corey Norman and Mitchell Moses coming off uh, really good scores. Um, so their, their running game was back. They had lots of tackle breaks and. Um, a good score each, I think both in the 70s. Um, Daniel Alvaro, who's been consistent, yeah. is still scoring okay, but otherwise um, they lose Jared Hayne to a, the same hip injury that, that kept him out and not much else doing fantasy-wise there.
1: Not much else fantasy-wise, but, you know, good to see him get a win at last. Wasn't yeah, it CK? yeah, I thought you right, right with it? I finance, thought yeah. you'd be more of a sound. It's <laughs>
0: still one and six. It's not quite... Oh, um, that's right. You're on a winning streak
1: now, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, so Norman and Moses, people will probably look at them this week because of that big score. I'd probably wait for some more big scores before Mm. I start snapping those guys up. Um, Obviously, no Eels players had been scoring that well. Certainly none of the backline players in the previous uh, six weeks, but yeah, if they start winning games, those guys... I mean, Norman's been a borderline keeper in the past. Last year, he was really good for the first half Mm, of the season. Started really strong last year. Yeah, and Moses was good in the second half of the season, so there's potential there, but... Uh, yeah, generally
0: I think there's two guys who tend to take points off each other. Yeah, a little bit, but um, uh, yeah, a little bit like probably Widdup and Hunt at the, exactly. the Dragons. There, a chance of a big score when they have a good attacking game. It probably don't have the consistent base stats to be a real. To do it week to week. Yeah. So they take on the Tigers, who've um, who've been quite an interesting team fantasy-wise so far this year. Corey Thompson was tracking very, very slowly. Mm. Um, then he sort of hit his stride towards the end, got a try, and a, a few more attacking stats finished up with 40, which was um, a welcome score. Robbie Rocco missed quite a few tackles in his yeah. 15, and uh, I'm going to have to sell him, I think, this week. Yeah, I think he's a sell. Um,
1: yeah, most of these cash cows from the start of the season have pretty much peaked. I mean... Some the ones that haven't are really obviously scoring great, like a uh, Kikau and Tyler Mariner, who um, you know are, are scoring like keepers right now. But but guys like Rocco, I mean, especially after a, a scoring the teens at this time of the season, you know, people lo- you know, inter fantasy coaches lose patience pretty quick for uh, those kind of scores from those kind of players. So yeah, I think he's a trade out. Um, yeah, otherwise nothing really new. Elijah Taylor did he have a head mm. knock? Um, is, you know always a potential fantasy scorer just because he makes a lot of tackles, but yeah. hasn't had a lot of game time this year. Um, yeah, I think that's
0: about it. Now that we've done speculating on what the teams may or may not look like, let's get to some Twitter questions, of which we had a few this morning. We'll start off with Andres in- Igles. Sorry if I'm saying that let's wrong. Go with that. Um, he wants to know what kind of players are the best cash-out options at the min price. Um, I don't know if I'd be jumping on min price non-players this early in the season. No. I, I think... Um, they're going to be very rare at this point, yeah. minimum
1: price play. So in previous years, you would do it. You would bring in um, really cheap guys, even if they didn't play. But this year with the uh, new uh, bench system, you kind of want everyone playing as much as possible just in case. Yeah. You want backup options for your starters in the case of you know short-term injuries or whatever. Uh, and to get a reliable scorer, you kind of have to see him play at least once. So, you know... Um, like a, a Scott Sorensen, not many of us would have snapped up last week, but you see no. once he gets a big score, he's a, he's a potential buy. Um, uh, probably not in this case because of the Sharks forwards coming back, as we've mentioned. But, yeah, so you kind of wait and see, I think, usually, rather mm. than snapping up minimum price players. And right now there's no real... Buyers. I mean, Sorensen's your one kind of gamble option this week. But
0: um, even in recent weeks, we've seen potential guys like you know Jack Gajewski and Jaden Sewer and Mitch mm-hmm. Rain, who are not min price but lower price to are potentially going to do a job for you over a short term. And some of them are obviously going to be better than others. But we're probably going to keep seeing a few of those sort of players. Yeah,
1: those guys are fine. I think. I mean, we get a bit spooked because you see the prices are higher this year than they have been before. You yeah. see two hundred ninety thousand? You think it's oh, not that cheap? But but it is cheap in the in the current system. So yeah, anyone under three hundred ground who has decent job security is probably the kind of players you're looking at for a cash out this year I think for sure Robbie asks cash out Sam Burgess I think we both say yes yeah I think so it's an unfortunate one if you've got him already I mean Mm. he's still one that I'd be considering down the track but um, going through origin as well not playing origins gonna be handy. yeah that's handy I think he plays in the first buy round Um, obviously he can score well yeah i mean i think a little bit cameron murray may have taken some points off him when they've both played so murray obviously didn't play on the weekend and Burgess <coughs> did and scored great but um yeah another couple of weeks out it's, it's pretty frustrating and, and you know who's to say he doesn't get a few more suspensions between
0: now and yeah. the end of the season i can't I, i'm sure in previous years i've i've stuck with him through the season purely for the origin period and then he's suspended for the first buy round and he's just tearing yeah. your hair out um Alessandro Talocca asks, is Dugan a keeper in the centers. That's a really interesting Yeah.
1: Point. Yeah, it is. I mean I think he probably will be mm. but there's just these question marks over the Sharks back line that's gonna hang around all season. You almost I mean it was a good win from them on Sunday. You kind of want them to get a few big wins so that you can have some confidence they're gonna stick with the same back line for mm. good. Um, Dugan's obviously fine as an NRL center, he's really good as a fantasy scorer when playing sorry as an nrl fullback uh f- mm. really good as a fantasy scorer when playing at fullback and you can stick him in the centers but um yeah the fact they've got um young flanagan um what's his name what's shane
0: name? Carl flanagan carl flanagan
1: yeah. um who's been talked about a bit they've got hodkinson who's been played in the halves a bit if either those guys get a run then malone then moylan goes back to fullback and yep. Dugan goes back to the center so you know
0: hopefully they stick with the current Lineup. What do you reckon? I think. Um, I mean, you're right that it has obviously been very unsettled so far. But I think he's probably safe for a while at, the f- yeah. at fullback, Dugan, because um, Trent Hawkinson's last game a fortnight ago, he got found out in defence yep. a couple of times, and Morland was at fullback in that game and he got found out in defence as well. Yep. Um, I think Morland going to six and Dugan to one sort of. Alleviates both those areas a little bit. Um, that that win on the weekend, that upset over Penrith was probably Moreland's best game yeah. as a Shark. And he have was to say. he was bored over there
1: to be a five-eighth. Yeah, really this year. And Hodkinson was meant to be a backup, so this kind of fits the game plan. I don't know if Dugan was always expected to be fullback, but that was always mm. an option. So. Um
0: well, I feel like Val Holmes is pretty far away from being fullback exactly. at the moment with, yeah. with the other two guys there. So I think Dugan at one and Moorland at six. I, I feel like um, Flannery is going to be a little bit reluctant to rush yeah, Kyle Flanagan in, just given how many experienced halves they've got as well, unless they really fall in a hole. So um, I'm saying yes, I uh, am looking at Dugan as a possible buy for myself in the next couple of weeks, and coming we're, off 53 as well. Yeah, we've spoken about how hard it is to find
1: a reliable centre in fantasy, so... Yeah, a tackle-breaking fullback is an excellent
0: option if he stays there. Absolutely. Uh, Barefoot asks, is Sorensen a buy with all the injuries this week? He's looking to sell Lodge and Robbie Rocco for Sorensen and Cam Murray. Um, Talked a lot about Sorensen and the the risks inherent there, although I would say that Lodge and Rocco are definite sells.
1: Yeah, the rest of that looks good. Uh, Murray in is a good option, assuming he gets named to play. Uh, Those two guys are sells, but yeah, we we both think Sorensen's a bit too... much of a risk this week you know we could have egg on our faces next week if they get
0: some more injuries but um yeah at this point it seems a pretty big gamble Mm. kobe bradley asks is norman a quality half option we've talked about him a bit as well and i've I've got him in the sort of gareth widdop category of uh good when the team scores lots of points and probably not otherwise yeah he'll get at least
1: one or a few big scores
0: like this Um,
1: he's 77 on the weekend every year and people will get excited by him and Uh, I think last year, the first half of the season I had him last year, the year before, and he was good for a while, but um, yeah, just the consistency and the fact that he's playing with another kind of dominant half in Moses hurts his fantasy prospects a bit, so I'd probably steer clear when there are more, well, I was going to say more reliable halves like Daddy Cherry and Sean Johnson. <laughs> one's injured, one's just coming off of 19. But still, that, those guys over the course of the year you'd expect would
0: outscore yeah. Corey Norman by a fair bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Clint Laslett asks, is Ben Hampton a keeper? He's not someone I've really looked at mm. just because he, we're so used to seeing him playing short stints off the bench, but he's actually been all right. He's been really
1: good. Like He's been one of the Cowboys' best performers, yeah. I think. You know, you know. Otherwise, they've been pretty inconsistent, but he's been really good. Um, look, I haven't really considered it. I'm not mm. sure what positions he's available in. <laughs> in no, well, fantasy. at the moment,
0: he or oh, he's, he's a half and a hooker, even yeah. though he's playing centre. So, exactly. he's, if he's, he was
1: in the centres, I'd I'd really yeah. look at him. But um, you know, there are a lot of gun halves and hookers, mm. especially hookers this year. There's so many. You could have half a dozen hookers in your team right now. But <coughs> been doing okay. So, I think the position. Counts against him a bit, but um, he's been playing so well. Mm. Coming off 60, obviously, a, a good
0: score. Average a tick under 40, which isn't quite keeper territory yeah. in, in any spot. Yeah. And those two spots you want 50 points a game, really, at least. So,
1: yeah, for those reasons, I guess that's why we haven't thought about him too much. But, yeah, interesting prospect.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Cameron Ashcroft asks, do we like Mitch Rain as a handy bench option for a few weeks, bringing in for someone like Havili? I guess if you're cashing out someone like Havili anyway, then it's only one extra trade rather than sort of two trades to trade in and trade out
1: yeah, so I mean if you bring in rain, he's not that cheap if you you know usually when you cash someone out you want to get someone under 300 rain what would he be now around 400 or something um, he wasn't super cheap last
0: week and he just jumped fifty grand so yeah. I mean he was pretty cheap last week. What is he now? He's gone up to 411 which 411. I guess is still reasonably. Yeah, I mean it's good value
1: for what he's going to give you in the next few weeks, and he could he could score fifties and sixties over the next month, which is mm. both good for your uh, for your scoring seventeen and for money making. Um, but yeah, just it's just that risk that we mentioned before. Pete's giving be back in two weeks, and he could be back scoring twenty. So yeah, I don't I don't hate the idea, but it, as long as you're aware it's a gamble and it it might pay off, it might not at this point.
0: Yeah, well that brings us to the end of our Twitter questions and our slightly shortened. Uh, NRL Fantasy Podcast for this week. Thanks again for joining us. Um, it is a short week, so keep eye on NRL.com for all the, the late mail. Like we said, the early team lists on Monday for the uh, the first four teams and the rest of the teams on Tuesday. Um, you can catch both of us on Twitter at Dom underscore Brock and at CKennedy80. Thanks again to our sponsors Yui. Um, we'll have a fantasy review panel show up on Monday and a preview panel show early also on Tuesday. Um, stay with us uh, through the week for all of that and we'll see you back here at the regular time uh, on Wednesday for next week's NRL Fantasy Podcast, thanks again